Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Welcome to the Irish News Podcast. I'm here with Redesign and Stuart Leakes from Microsoft. Tell us a bit about your backgrounds. Uh, do you want to uh, Sure. I, I started uh, as a front-end developer and I slowly moved into back-end infrastructure, um, uh, now containers, I guess. Uh, so so it's been a very interesting ride, so definitely developer background. Um, and I joined Microsoft back in July, so I've been working a lot with startups and enterprises in San Francisco, specifically to enable them to use open-source solutions on Microsoft platforms. Okay, Stuart, what's your background? Uh, so I've loved tinkering around with computers and development yeah. for as long as I can remember. Uh, got into .NET in the previews um, yeah. at an ISB. Um, really enjoyed that. Joined Microsoft about eight years ago, uh, working as a developer consultant, and yeah. moved into the uh, DX, the developer experience team, about a year and a half ago. Um, Focused on Azure, yeah. for whatever focus that is, uh, but working with ISVs that are looking to build for the cloud. Well, I've seen recently over the past uh, three, four years how you guys have embraced open source. Because I did uh, some clients of work on uh, .NET, and it was always you closed source and you had to use Visual Studio and you couldn't use anything else, and you were stuck with how it did. Nowadays, you've got GitHub and Bash and everything else, things that I wouldn't have seen happening. It's great to see that you guys are. Yeah. We're changing, evolving. And, and actually, we're a very big uh, contributor in the open source space. So if you, like Docker, for example, like I think the top few contributors were all Microsoft. Um, so there's definitely a close relationship with the open source community, and um, there's always contributions back to open source. Tell me more about Docker, actually, what it actually is. Uh, you want to go? Uh, so... In a nutshell, there's the containerization on Linux. Yeah. I mean, containers have been on Linux for a long time. Um, so I think really it's kind of the friendlier packaging around there. The Docker Hub, which is the library for yeah. images, you know, if you want to bring Nginx down or MySQL yeah. or Redis, you've got that and you can easily work with those and then push images up to your own private repository. For so is that like Red Hat Linux? Sorry? Is Red, Red, Red Hat Linux? Uh, so, you, so, uh, so Docker will work across a, a variety of flavors of Linux. Um, but you get the, uh, you, you bring in the Linux kernel, yeah. um, and then you bring in all the, the pieces on top of that as part of the, the container. Well, it's good, because years ago, you didn't have that option. If you're doing something, you basically had a choice of a Windows server, Linux server, and that was it. And, and nothing where both could work, work together. Nowadays, it's all, it's all changed. I, yeah, I mean, if you just go into the, the marketplace in Azure and, and look at the, the base platform images that are there, you've got a... You've got a range of, of flavors. Because <laughs> I used Azure about four years ago in college, and when I was doing it then, some stuff you had to do, it was very complicated to use, very hard to deploy stuff. And then they want you to have a credit card to do certain things, and it was, it was very detailed. And for every instance of, of something that was run, you have been charged. And I'm thinking, now I think that's changed, that if every instance get charged, it's a lot cheaper now than it used to be. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the billing models for these things continue to be refined over time. Yeah, and, and I guess going back to the Docker question, right, um, yeah. the, the biggest change, I think, in, in my opinion, is 
I mean, Linux container has been around for many, many years. Um, but what Docker has done specifically is make it really easy for developers to actually use it um, to isolate and run their applications on the same, essentially, same virtual machine, right? So there's no difference between what containers and VMs from a developer's perspective. Yeah. But what's nice about it is you can run many containers in the same VM. So essentially, you you can provision fast and you can also save money, yeah. which is a big deal, right? Yeah, it is because because I guess if somebody uh, is used to using Windows stuff and how it works, and then it's told to us on Linux, but the fact that the Docker works and makes you easy to use, it's going to be a win-win for you guys. Oh, definitely, yeah, because because then you can still continue to use your virtual machines yeah. on. Uh, Azure, but instead of provision many, many VMs to host different parts of your application, now you can rely on containers to do that for you. And so essentially, and also there's all kinds of platforms that uses Docker uh, container solution. Yeah. So what you end up doing is essentially building different parts of your application or applications, but just you provision one VM. Right, so so again, you save money, but also quickly get your application up and running, provision very quickly, and uh, and you can scale it quickly yeah, as and well. I guess if the, if the libraries are there, certainly we just pick what you want to pull it through. But like if you're using Ruby Rails, you've got gems, kind of like that, so you can just pick and pull what you want, mm-hmm. and save you a yeah. lot of time coding. Yeah, definitely. And so, you're now relying on IT department to yeah. get a VM for you or get a. <laughs> I, I I mean, those days are gone, right? Yeah. I've been able to run the same container image locally on the dev machine that's yeah. going to run in production. I've been able to reproduce bugs, having the same pieces running. Yeah, yeah that's a big there's, there's a lot of productivity. And I thought this morning you were talking, you were talking about the uh, ASP.NET Core, how, how fast it is, and faster than Node.js. It's pretty impressive. Oh, I love that, there, those numbers. There's, there's been a lot of work going there. Yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's been a conscious focus. So I, mean, I talked around the community contributions, which are fabulous. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, ben Adams is one of the, the ISVs that I've been working with, um, producing uh, 80%. Um, and they previously had their own web server. So they wrote a custom web server yeah. um, before that. They started looking at how they could update that to host ASP.NET Core applications. Yeah. Uh, in the conversations with the product team, actually turned around completely from how they enable their custom web server to host ASP.NET Core to putting all the goodness from their custom web server into the web server in ASP.NET Core. Yeah. And at that point, everyone wins. They they don't have to write a unit test. They don't have to maintain it. Someone else does that for yeah. them. Um, and we all get the benefit of all the, the expertise they've got of high-performance websites. And for me, because uh, Node.js is great to use, but it's, it's hard to get help from that. It's very specialized. And even though it's open source, you know, you've got a problem. You can't really find it, whereas because you're Microsoft and you, you're open source, what you have now, you're getting a lot faster speeds than Node.js, and you've got a bit of community to get help from if you're stuck. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think having a rich ecosystem out there is fantastic. I mean, you know, if I mean, if Node.js or Ruby or Java is the is the framework of your choice, then by all means package those up in containers and run them, you know, yeah. put them in as your container service or bring your own yeah. um, orchestration of, of choice. But if you want ASP.NET Core, that now works in a great way in that same ecosystem as well. And also like the way that if you've got an older version of ASP.NET, it'll work with it fine. So there's, there's a, there are some changes in the program model for ASP.NET Core. Yeah. So the ASP.NET 4.6 version that's the 
the kind of a stable version that's got the uh, the long history yeah. uh, going back. That that line still goes forwards. Um, so it's not that we're stopping that and bringing a new thing, but this new thing is coming in parallel, and it's much more able to fit into the, the kind of the, the cloud model, yeah. you know, the, the agile model container. And, and I was, I would, I mean, you know this more, but like I would also say the core is a subset of the features, right? Um, it, 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 we're slowly moving them out so that a lot of the features that enterprises enjoy will eventually become available. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I don't think there's any roadmap to get things like WPF ported to, to .NET Core. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the .NET framework's huge. Yeah, if yeah. you look at the .NET framework as the install size, yeah. and you think about it in a container in kind of world, that's a big footprint to bring into a container if you right. want so, to So that. I think the, the point is like, you know, depending on your application for a lot of the legacy applications, yeah. it will still, you will still run it like you do today on a Windows server uh, somewhere, uh -huh. right? But it's for the newer applications where you, you're building it for the first time. You can leverage these new frameworks. Yeah, what's great, because if you've got older software and you want to update it slowly, and you know the legacy software works, you can update it slowly using the new ASP and the core, but we know that the old stuff is still going to be compatible, which is great. It's like, if you look at uh, Windows, when you had Windows, like uh, Windows uh, 7 came out, there's a way you could, uh, you could run older software on it, compatibility mode, and doing Windows XP. So with HP Core, if you can do that with older, older software as well, older settings, it's great to be able to do that. Yeah, with, so one of the nice things with .NET Core is you can, you can have multiple versions of it side by side. So yeah. you know, once, once we get the stable version of 1.0 out, if, I don't know, 1.1, 1.5, whatever the versions are that come next, those will all sit side by side. Yeah. You, can, you can bin deploy this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so if you, if you end up working in containers, obviously that's very much packaged as part of the container image. Yeah. But if you're still in the model where you deploy just onto a, you know, a, a raw server, then those things can all sit side by side. And you don't have to worry that actually if I update the .NET version for this application, is it going to impact the others? Because the, the, the very structure of how it's defined. Well, it's probably got the same kernel background, so because of that, it's, it's not going to change much. Yeah, you, you, you basically just pick the version that your application wants to run with and you specify it. And, yeah. That's good to know because I know that people were worried at times with like software, <coughs> how will it work with the new system? But if you can say, look, it works fine, and no issues, it's going to reassure them right away into, into moving forward. Yeah, and they've, and they've done some really cool demos because you can actually, at the point you say publish this, it packages everything yeah. ready for execution, you can bring in specific frameworks. So they've, they've done demos at conferences, that the product group in, in the past, where um, they stick a USB drive into the computer, publish to that yeah. from a Windows machine, and then plug that in, having published it, bringing the, the Mac runtime along, plug that USB key into a Mac, yeah. and then just run it straight from the USB key on a Mac. That's great to see, because I mean, it's great that you're embracing multi-platforms, multi-OSs, because I've seen when, when you were with Steve Barber, that wasn't the case, you were more just closed in your thinking, and you weren't really willing, it's our way or it's no way. Right. And that kind of, I didn't think was was going to be of use to your company because developers were thinking, well, what do we do here? Because we want to try and make sure it works on all platforms, but we can't because we're not given the opportunity. Whereas now you guys are doing that, and it's brilliant. Like yeah. you, said, you said about being able to uh, to bust up on the USB key and then bring it put onto a Mac. That to me is, is something that you wouldn't have seen five years ago. Right, definitely. Well, and also um, in terms of developer tools, like yeah. you demoed VS Code as a perfect example of. That also runs across different platforms. You can run on Mac, you can run yeah. on Linux, you can run on Windows, and it's open source. Again, 
Um, and then, you know, Azure CLI, that's also cross-platform. So definitely the company recognizes that your developers will use whatever they want. Right? Yeah, that's good to see because if, if you've been told you have to use a certain package to develop stuff, you're going to think, well, why? Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you know that every person you use your product is going to have different system setups and you're going to cater for, all, cater for them all and not just trying to force them into buying something that they don't really need. I, I, for me, it's kind of fun to get to a point where I turned up to a conference today talking about a bunch of Microsoft stuff, talking about containers on yeah. Linux, yeah. and I had a Surface Pro as my my, my yeah. machine, but I'd got Ubuntu installed. I saw that. So I, I was paid to turn up and do a That's demo awesome. on Ubuntu, but I was just, yeah, it was a fun world. Yes, yeah. I saw when the guy was giving a talk and he, he was using a, a MacBook Pro, I think it's a great MacBook Pro and Surface Pro today running Ubuntu. This is, this is, I'm in a third of universe. I don't know what I'm. I can't be seeing this. And yeah, if you, if you try and cast your mind back, you know, three to five years, and imagine this is the future, it'd be really hard. Yeah, yeah and the, the most the question that I get asked most when I present is like, "Oh, you're using a Mac, and you work for Microsoft? What?" Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I can think. What do you think is going to happen in the next five years? I, I'm looking forward to finding out. Yeah. If, if you well, look at the last few. I years. think it, I think we should continue to contribute to open source and work with other companies because I think like I said I think developers will use whatever that is product make them productive and make make their application unique yeah. and that's the, that's the value that you're giving developers not if you if you restrict that then, then you lose them yeah because I know that stuff like Python used to be done a lot with Google, with Google Web Toolkit and if you guys have the same look you can use you can use that with us that, that gives a lot of people a lot more choice Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, and, and also, um, I mean, in my talk later, I'll, I'll be talking about there are all kinds of platforms that are built with Docker containers yeah. in that you you can, as an organization, you can support developers to deploy whatever um, framework they want. And so to your point, and, and he mentioned this earlier, you can run multiple versions of Python or multiple versions of Node.js, and they can coexist in the same cluster of, of machines. Yeah. So that's very powerful. So you don't have to provision different uh, hardware for different no, developers. No, it's great to see that, you've actually, that you can have the same code yeah. running on the yes. on different machines. I, I like that because years ago that wasn't the case. You can do it. and I mean, you could do it, but you you got to knock on your IT guy's <laughs> door and away for three weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah. And you also be told, oh, if you're going to install this, you can't do that because we were only meant to be using this software and you can't. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like browser, for example, browser stuff, you'd be told, because sometimes you develop for certain browsers, things wouldn't work in certain browsers. So if you're developing it, mm-hmm. or any work in Explorer, if, if you're somebody who's using Firefox or Chrome, how does it work with that? Whereas nowadays, and, and you're told, no, no, we're not allowed to install this browser on our system because mm-hmm. it, same like years ago with JavaScript stuff. That didn't really work in, in Explorer. You have to use ActiveX, and now that and, and if you want to install a Blink browser, and you just you can't do that because we're, we're Microsoft here. Microsoft the way is it's Explorer only. But now you guys are embracing other platforms and other uh, browsers usages. It's great to see that. Yeah, and actually, Microsoft again going back to contributing back to open source. Like um, Microsoft is also a big contributor back to frameworks like Electron. Um, again, enabled enabling developers to use one platform, but the same application can can be deployed across Mac, uh, Linux, and Windows. Yeah. Um, and again, it's so that you only develop once, but it runs anywhere. The same with now with the new apps you're developing. You can you can develop a, an iOS app, 
and then port it in, in, into actually uh, window, Windows, which is great. I'm seeing that now. That's that's going to give you guys a lot more to develop with. Yeah. Because I know that years ago, when you were looking for apps for, for, for Windows phones and Windows devices, there wasn't much out there. And then in fact, you're able to push it across an iOS app or Android app and reconfigure it and deploy it uh, for that. It, it, that's great to see as well. Yeah, and, and um, have, I know recently we also announced our support um, uh, working with Facebook yeah. uh, to, to bring uh, support for developing mobile apps across on Windows and uh, Android, uh, working with the Facebook guys. Yeah. yeah, that's good to see because I know Facebook have got a lot of reach, so if you're working with them, it can only be good in the long term for the users. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're showing, we're working with somebody who who we know basically people like using and we know how big Facebook are in development and if you're working with them now that can't be good for you guys. Yeah, I mean, and also again, going back to developers, if you have a lot of developers who are really interested and have already adopted, you know, Electron or React Native, you want to be able to support that. So in the past, you wouldn't be able to run React Native applications on Windows, whereas now you can and, and Microsoft is a big part of that. Okay. I think that, that kind of application space is another example of a lot of great choice as well. I mean, yeah. You kind of talk around it from the hosting, the server side pieces. Um, you know, you've got all the Cordova, the React Native. Um, uh, we recently acquired Xamarin. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, the guys at Xamarin were the people that originally set up the mono project for crossplat.net. Yeah. Um, I created Xamarin, which let you use um, either mono develop or the Visual Studio tooling and C Sharp to build yeah. applications for iOS and Android. Um, and at Build, they announced that the license for that is going to be bundled as part of Visual Studio. So Visual Studio developers can develop for Xamarin cross-platform for free. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it, you know, the, the, to have that set of choice available to you is... Yeah, because years ago, with Visual Studio, you were just doing dot only, and whatever you did was only designed for Microsoft platform. And now that you're totally open source, you said you're giving the, the people developers more choice and more freedom to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I saw an announcement that the... SDK for Xamarin has been open source now as well. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> you're just you're just totally doing a 360. Yeah, it's a crazy one. Yeah. yeah, I mean you can really tell that we really care about developers. Um, I think that's the. That's, that's because your 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 CEO is a developer, yeah. and because of that, he knows what you what you're going through. And the best graphic company your guys actually work in, in the in your core strength. Like if you're an airline and your CEO is a pilot, he knows what the guys have gone through, exactly. so he's going to look after them and say. This is what we should be doing. Whereas you get a CEO who's just a money man or an accountant or a businessman, he wouldn't have a total idea of how to run things. So he's going to run it totally differently. He's not going to understand what you guys feel, what you guys want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you're in a room, how many coders are going to say to him, by the way, can we go and develop for other OS and other platforms? Can we do more open source? How many people in the room would say that when Steve Barman's around and open a minute and say, like, we should, we should do this? And how many times would you say to them, no? Yeah, I'm, look at the announcement of SQL Server coming to Linux. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big product for Microsoft. I still remember a few years ago, I was like, oh, uh, that will only happen when pigs fly. I remember, it's like, oh, pigs are flying. <laughs> yeah. There's pigs in the air and hell is frozen over. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of great because it's like basically you're doing a total 360 U-turn and you're doing it for the right reasons. And I admire that. I mean, the, the opening meeting... Hey guys, we should have been here sooner, but we're here now. Yeah. Like Bill Gates years ago said, the internet is, is not going to work out. And that was a, a small mistake he made, but he, he quickly rolled back on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it, 
the, the momentum we're building up across so many places that you never would have expected Microsoft to yeah. be. Is, and everywhere you're looking now, you're going, to, you're going to see Microsoft in the corner involved in that, which is the way to see. Rather than have somebody else, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, okay, thanks for that. That's perfect. <laughs>